Well, if you have your Bibles, please would you turn with me to the book of Mark, Mark's Gospel. And we're looking today at a little passage at the end of chapter 3. Mark chapter 3, verse 31 to 35. And uh, for those who are listening online, the, the title of the message today is The Two Families of Jesus. Mark chapter 3 verse 31. Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Standing outside, they sent someone to call in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him and they told him, Your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and my brothers? he asked. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, Here are my mother And my brothers, whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. I'm sure you'd agree with me that family life can be complicated, can't it? And uh, nobody knows that better perhaps than Alexis Brett and her husband David who live in Inverness. Back in 2017 they were celebrating their 10th child and all of them are boys. (laughs) Think about that. And uh, every day this dear lady, Alexis Brett, she has her work cut out for her. Do you know she does five loads of washing a day? Uh, She vacuum cleans the house seven times a day. Uh, She gets up an hour earlier than the family so she can be there to help get them out the door in the morning. And in a hallway where you have 60 pairs of muddy trainers and shoes, that's quite an art because you've got to find the matching shoe and uh, the right size for you. And to cap it all, they recently had number 11. Now they've got a football team, I suppose. You know, when I saw that, I I was reminded of a little uh, uh, advert and a a little cartoon I saw, and I thought, she needs one of these. It was a robot, and uh, the advert says that it cooks, it cleans, it does the laundry, it can... uh, Manage, it can budget the family, it always loves, it educates, it's the mother of all inventions. And if there was a machine like that, I'm sure she'd be the one who's worthy of having it. But like I say, family life is complicated, isn't it? The Bus family in the United States of America have a very complicated family. In 1998, they decided to have a family reunion to celebrate the 150th year of their family settling in America. But I think their breath was taken away when 2,369 bus family members all came from all over the world. (laughs) Quite an amazing thing. 
and they're not alone. Think about Benedict Cumberbatch, the uh, famous actor who played Sherlock Holmes uh, in the television series. You know, researchers recently found that he is actually related to Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who wrote the story Sherlock Holmes. He's his 16th cousin twice removed. And uh, it just shows that somewhere there's that link to connect you with other people. Families are a complicated business. And believe it or not, that was true for the Lord Jesus Christ as well. And we know that because he actually had two families. Two families. And that's what we see here in this Bible passage. We see the Lord Jesus had a natural family, but he also had a spiritual family. And that was also very complicated business. And so as it's Mother's Day today, I thought we'd have a little look at this uh, with this family theme to the day and learn what we can about the Lord Jesus to families because there's something to speak to our hearts from this passage as we look at it together. First of all, I'd like you to consider the Lord Jesus' natural family. And we see that in verses 31 to 32. In verse 31, it says, then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, well, I I know about Jesus' mother, because I remember Jesus was born of Mary, the Virgin Mary, and we remember that from Christmas. Uh, But uh, who are these brothers? Who are these brothers? Well, you may not realize this, but the Lord Jesus Christ had brothers in the flesh too. I mean, if you're in Mark's gospel, just turn over a page to chapter 6 and you'll see the words of the people of Nazareth, his hometown, in chapter 6 and verse 3. And they're complaining here actually about the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, But they said, isn't this the carpenter, because Christ was a carpenter, isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, And Simon, aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offence at him. So you see, the Lord Jesus Christ had a physical, natural family with brothers and sisters. It is a Roman Catholic error to say that Mary remained a perpetual virgin. She did not. The Bible tells us that Joseph had no union with Mary until after Jesus was born in Matthew chapter 1. And then they had a family. And that's where these brothers come from. And uh, these brothers were, were uh, Jesus' half-brothers, of course, because he was born uh, of the Virgin Mary only and not born of Joseph, but they would have been born of Joseph. And Joseph isn't mentioned here because by this time we believe Joseph uh, had died. But they were his natural family and the Lord Jesus loved them. But sadly, they did not believe in him. And this is an interesting thing. In John chapter 7, verse 5, we read about the Lord Jesus going up to the Feast of Tabernacles. And they're mocking him and saying that he should show himself to the world. And then it says this in John 7, 5. For even his own brothers did not believe him. Believe in him. So it's sad, isn't it? His own natural family didn't believe he was the Messiah. Didn't believe he was the Son of God. And they didn't accept him. And actually, it seems that they were a little bit heavy handed with 
the Lord Jesus, their older brother. Because in this story here, we see the Lord Jesus is in a house. He's in Simon Peter's house in Capernaum. If you go back up to verse 20, it says, Then Jesus entered a house, and again a crowd gathered, so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. He was in Simon Peter's house, and a great crowd had gathered to hear him. But then... We see his family turned up, but they didn't turn up to cheer him on. They turned up to try and intervene in what he was doing. Notice we see, sadly, they were outside. It says, verse 31, Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived, standing outside. They refused to come in. And this is actually a a spiritual thing as well as a natural thing. Uh, Physically, they were standing outside. Uh, We've seen already it was a full house. But there's a double sense in this. Uh, In Mark's Gospel and in the Gospel of Matthew as well, we see that when Jesus is inside, he's inside with his disciples and his followers. And that's often where he gives the interpretation of the parables and things like that. And he explains things for his disciples' ears that he hasn't said for the world outside. But outside... Uh, is those who are not with him. And we're told here that they are standing outside. You know, sometimes that's how our natural family can be with us when we are Christians. And sometimes I've even seen it that, you know, people will come to collect their family members from the church, but they'll refuse to come in this building. I'm not going in there. Absolutely refuse. I'll come and give them a lift home, but I'm not coming in. And there's a double significance to that, isn't there? They're standing outside. And that's what Jesus' brothers uh, uh, were like. And they were not only standing outside, they were opposing him too. If you go back up to verse 21, we read this very sad verse. It says, when his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him. For they said, he is out of his mind. You realize Joseph's brothers said, our brother Jesus has flipped his lid. He thinks he's the Messiah. He's gone loopy. And we have got to put a stop to this. And stop bringing shame on the family as they felt. They came down to get him. Verse 32 tells us, a crowd, uh, verse 31 tells us, standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. They came down to get him. They thought he was mad. They were opposing his, his life, his claim, and his ministry. Now you think about that. I think that's a, a phenomenal thing. They grew up knowing the Lord Jesus. James shared a, bro- a bedroom with, with Jesus. If you can say. He would have seen Jesus' prayer life. He would have seen Jesus' behavior. Maybe that's part of what they resented. The fact that Jesus was the one who never got told off. Why are you always telling me off? Well, Jesus wasn't disobedient to his parents. And so he was always the one, or Joseph uh, and the others were getting told off. But they, they resented Jesus' claim to be the Messiah. And sadly, they were offensive as well. Verse 32 tells us, while there was crowds sitting around him, uh, they told that a man was sent in to call him, and they told him, "Your mothers, your mother and brothers are outside looking for you." And they sent a man in, 
And they tried to fish Jesus out of the house, out of the meeting. And uh, this was their offensive behavior. They weren't going to have Jesus in there teaching all those people. You've got to come out. And they sent someone in to get him. We're not coming in, but send someone in to get him out. Hook him out. And it was this rough behavior from his brothers. In fact, back in verse 21, when it says that they they had come to get him, the word that's used there is the word for arrest. It's the same word that's used in chapter 14 of Mark, of when they arrested Jesus to take him to Pilate and to the cross. They wanted to take him captive. Now, this was an unpleasant situation in Jesus' natural family. Now, you may be saying to yourself, hang on a minute, what about Mary? I don't understand. Why is Mary doing this? Because uh, Mary knew the truth about Jesus, didn't she? Yes, she did. I don't believe Mary is there willingly. Remember, Joseph has died, and so the head of the family is now the oldest biological brother. And Mary, in a patriarchal society, is being brought along by the family to give weight to the situation. They're thinking that the Bible says, honour your father and mother. So if we can say Jesus' mother is standing outside, he will come out and then we'll be able to catch him. That's why Mary is there. It's not that Mary doesn't believe. Mary's faith shines through the Bible, including in John chapter 2, the wedding in Cana. But it's a a sad uh, picture of the situation for the Lord Jesus with his natural family. And I want to say this, dear friends, this is a warning to us uh, and a real insight to us about our natural family when we're Christians and we're trying to live the Christian life. Very often we may feel like we experience the same behavior from our family that the Lord Jesus received from his brothers in the flesh. Uh, We may find very often that they are opposing us, that they don't agree with what we stand for, that they think we've gone mad. You know, they used to call D.L. Moody, the famous preacher, Crazy Moody. And uh, Felix said uh, to Paul, or was it Agrippa said to Paul in Acts 26, verse 24, your great learning has made you mad. You're mad if you believe in Jesus. You know, you can, you can be a foot, mad on football, you can be mad on science, you can be mad on gardening or anything else, but you get into the Lord Jesus and come to know him, you're mad. You know, they, they, the world doesn't accept this and understand this mindset. And they will do what they can sometimes to put their foot in the door to stop you being able to uh, 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 go any further with Christianity. Well, dear friends, if that's your situation, take some comfort from the fact that the Lord Jesus himself experienced this and he knows what it's like. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 18, uh, we're told these comforting words. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. He knows what it's like to have unbelieving near relatives who he loved passionately. (laughs) But they didn't accept what he believed and what he wanted to do spiritually. And also take encouragement from this factor about his natural family. Remember what happened at the end of the story. Because although this is a sad episode in the Gospels, it's not the end of the story. And in Acts chapter 1, 
we read about how on the day of Pentecost, or in the ten days up to to Pentecost, after the Lord Jesus had risen from the dead and uh, the 40 days of teaching had been over, the disciples were gathered in the upper room and and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers were with them. And in 1 Corinthians 15, we read how the Lord appeared to James and James became a believer as well. The Lord did a mighty turnaround in that family. And the Lord is able to do that too. Sometimes though it does take time. And uh, it can be a, a difficult and a painful journey. But sometimes we need to hang on in faith that the Lord has the power to do this. I came uh, across a lovely testimony of a, an Iranian gentleman by the name of Fashid. This was from Elam Ministries magazine. And uh, Fashid was a, a young man in, in his teens and he became a Christian, which is you know, against the law in Iran. It's uh, an Islamic uh, regime and the uh, Islamic government says that this is against the law. And he, he, he was brought up in a, Christian home, in a Christian home, in a Muslim home. He said it was a very, uh, very devout Muslim home, a very loving Muslim home. But he became a Christian. And when he became a Christian, his parents flipped their lids. They became all the more fanatical with Islam. And uh, his father went more and more to the mosque and carried out more and more extreme Muslim practices. And in fact, it got to the stage where he said his mum and dad, in his own words, he said it was the last straw when his sister became a Christian. Mum and dad disowned me and said they wouldn't open the door to me again. His mother said, I've cast my love for you out of my heart. Imagine the pain of hearing that from your own parents. Well, that's what happened. Well, he stayed faithful to Christ and walked with the Lord. And the Lord used him as an evangelist. He, He gave out New Testaments. He won people to the Lord. And he planted churches all over Iran. Well, eventually, the Revolutionary Guard caught up with him. And he was put in prison. And he was put in prison for five years. And while he was in prison, he had a very difficult time. But to his surprise, his mother and his father came to see him. One occasion, his mother came to see him. And she had been softening to his uh, claims about the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, she had been praying on the bus on the way over. If it's true, let me know. Let me know. And she became a Christian. Then his father came to see him. His father came to see him in prison, telling him he was wrong what he was doing. But one thing he couldn't escape was, why is Fashid so at peace? He's in prison. If it was me, I'd be beside myself. Iranian prisons aren't like British prisons. They put you in the worst places possible to break you. Why is he at peace? And he couldn't get away from that. And he knew that what his son had was real. And when he was released, he said this, I was finally released from prison in December 2015 after five years of challenges and pain. Fifteen days later, I asked my parents if I could pray with them for salvation. My mum said, yes, please do. 
I prayed for them and both mum and dad committed their lives to the Lord Jesus. Not long ago, I had the greatest joy of my life baptising my parents. I had prayed for them for 20 years. God used my five years in prison to soften their hearts and answer my prayers. If only for the salvation of my parents, it was worth going to prison for five years. Really, it was worth it. The Lord can bring that change. He has the power. Another short testimony is with this lady, Margarita, from Bulgaria. And in the days of communism, she was secretly taking her children to church. But her husband, no way, no way. And for 18 years, he held out against her Christian faith. But she prayed for him. And 18 years later, he became a believer. So it can happen. God has the power to bring our unsaved loved ones to him. And he understands the challenges of natural family. Because he's been there. And I hope that's a word of encouragement to God's people today. And also let it be a a realisation to those who are not Christians that if we do become Christians, sometimes there can be that challenge with becoming a Christian and following Christ. And we need to take that on board as we come. The Lord Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. Second thing I want you to see here is his spiritual family. Because in verse 33 to 35, Christ explains the other family in his life. Now, when they called the Lord Jesus to come out of the house to them, to go to them, he didn't go with them. And he didn't go with them for two reasons. First of all, because if he had done, he would have been playing into the hands of his enemies. In the passage before this, uh, in verses 22 down to 30, the Pharisees and the scribes and the teachers of the law have come up from Jerusalem to oppose Jesus And they're saying that he is doing his mighty powers by the works of the devil. And they're here to discredit his ministry and to oppose him. And if Jesus had gone with his mother and brothers, they would have said, look, he agrees with his family. He's beside himself. He needs help. So don't take seriously the claims of Jesus of Nazareth. If Jesus had gone out to them, That's what would have happened. So he didn't. But he didn't for another reason as well. Because this crisis gave him an opportunity to teach a great spiritual lesson for us. And that is that the Lord has a spiritual family as well as a natural family. Now, who are his spiritual family? And this is what the Lord deals with in verse 33, when the person says to him, your mother and brothers are outside looking for you, he, answer, he replies with a question, who are my mother and my brothers, he asked. Then he looked around at those seated in a circle around him and said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. His spiritual family are those who have been changed by him. Those who have come into a relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Those 
are then his spiritual family. Christians, in other words, are Jesus' next of kin. Isn't that a wonderful realization? And he says that those who trust in me are changed by me and have this relationship with him. They're his mother and brothers and sisters. This is a work of grace that God does when we put our trust in him. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 3 verse 26 to the Christians, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. When we put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we become God's children. When we trust what he did on the cross for our sins, to pay the price for our sins, so we can go to heaven, God washes away our sin debt. And we enter into a relationship with him. That relationship had been broken by Adam back in the Garden of Eden. But through the Lord Jesus Christ, man can come back to God. And we can be born again, made new, and have a real relationship with him. And I want to say this, these words of the Lord Jesus, that when we do the will of God, which is to believe on Christ... We then become his mother and brothers and sisters. Now, we don't become his father. He didn't say that because there's only one father, Father God. By the way, that's why we don't believe in the Pope either. The word Pope means Papa. And Jesus said, call no man father in in spiritual terms. So that's a blasphemy against the Bible. But we become Christ's spiritual family in these other ways. And this this shows what Christianity really is. It's not a religion. It's a relationship. It's a relationship with God. Uh, Let me give you a testimony from a famous footballer by the name of Spironi. And uh, uh, Julian Spironi was the goalkeeper for Crystal Palace until he retired uh, recently. But he and his friends came to this country from Argentina to play for Crystal Palace and other teams. And uh, his friends started going to church. And so he went to church with him. He said, I became a Christian while playing for Dundee, which is where he was first of all. One of my teammates, Juan Sara, who was from Argentina as well, invited me to his church. A few months later, we became Christians together with my wife. They trusted in Christ. And then he said this, after I understood what a relationship was God, with God was, it has made a huge difference. And this is his testimony. Before, I used to believe in God, but I never actually had a relationship with him. And you know what, dear friends? That's how many people are who come to church on Sunday, even on Mother's Day. They believe in God, and that's good. But you need to go to the next stage, and you need to have a relationship with him. And that's why the Lord Jesus came to die on the cross to pay for your sins so that you can come into that living relationship with the Father. In fact, he goes on and says, like most people in Argentina, I came from a Catholic background, but I rarely went to church and never really got involved with other Christians. But when I started to read the Bible and understand the real meaning of why Jesus had to die for us, then I understood that it's black and white. You can't be... In between, either you are a Christian or you're not. So I accepted Jesus into my life and began to live a real Christian life.
So that's a testimony of what it means to be a Christian. And I want to say this is something that is personal. You see, nobody else can bring you into that relationship with God. You have to come yourself. You're not a Christian because you come from a Christian home. You know, that was my mistake. I thought I was a Christian because I grew up with Christian parents. But my parents couldn't get me into heaven. You know, I found this uh, newspaper cutting, amazingly, from 2015. You know, it might make you worry about our border controls, but, you know, a woman flies on her husband's passport. Amazing. Get through the customs. Yeah, it looks like you. (laughs) It's frightening, isn't it? I want to tell you, nobody is going to get into heaven on their parents or their wives or their husband's passport. You have to come into that relationship with the Lord Jesus yourself. That's the only way to become a part of his spiritual family. And when you do, it changes everything. Warren Wiersbe in one of his books says, My initial response after my conversion was to look up to God and say, Father. I didn't look up and say, Judge or King or Creator. I said, Father. And that's true. That's what it happens. And the Bible tells us the Holy Spirit inside us cries out, Abba Father, when we're saved. But his spiritual family are not only those who are changed by him, but those who are closest to him as well. Because if you look in verse 34, his family are outside, but he says, then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, here are my mother and my brothers. In fact, in Matthew's gospel, it tells us that the Lord Jesus stretched out his hand and pointed and turned around the room like this. It's quite a significant moment because in that same chapter, Jesus commanded the man with the withered arm to stretch out his hand. And then at the end, Christ stretches out his hand and says, all these are my family. These are my family. Those who were in that circle seated around him. And this is a word of comfort to God's people. You know, we may be rejected by the world. We may be rejected even by our next of kin for our beliefs in Jesus Christ. But I want to tell you, we have the family of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are in his spiritual family. Bishop J.C. Ryle wrote these words back in the 1800s. He said, let all true Christians drink comfort out of these words. Let them know that there is one at least who knows them, loves them, cares for them and reckons them his own family what though they be poor in this world they have no cause to be ashamed when they remember that they are the brethren and sisters of the son of God what though they be persecuted and ill-treated in their own homes because of their religion they may remember the words of David and apply them to their own case when my father and mother forsake me then the Lord will take me up So what a comfort that is to us to know how close he deems us to himself, his spiritual family. I just want to ask you this question today. Are you in the family? Are you in the family? I know we've all got biological families and we can give thanks for that as a provision of grace from God. But, you know, we want to be in God's spiritual family. We want to come in through the Lord Jesus Christ. You're all sons of God through faith. In Christ Jesus. So if you haven't yet done so, come today. Put your trust in Christ. Enter into that relationship that is real. And know the Lord personally. And be next of kin to our wonderful Saviour.
We're going to sing off.